your Bible, take and turn with me to Isaiah chapter number 54 this morning. Isaiah chapter number 54, appreciate all of you being here. I know many of us are still getting over sicknesses, and some of us are here for the first time in a few weeks. Uh, it's good to see you all at our Lord's house today. Several visitors, good to see you as well. Chris Thorne, the pastor here at Eagle Drive Baptist Church, and honored by your presence. Uh, Isaiah chapter 54 is where we'll be, continuing our series, Thrive, understanding that we were made for more, and as we've kind of discovered the past few weeks, God has a purpose and a desire in our life, and really, when we, when we look at this series, as we've, as we've dug in so far the past couple weeks, it's really about discovering our identity, because all of us have an identity in this world. But God didn't create us to just go through the motions. God God didn't create us just to simply survive as we talked about last week. God created us to thrive in our Christian life and to be who he wants us to be. And as we discovered last week, first and foremost, God wants us to know him. This is talking about salvation. God wants us to make sure that we are uh, eternally saved, that we have a home in heaven when we die. And it's about, digging, it's about digging deep, understanding who God is, but then it's about reaching out. You see, we have to dig deep, and then we have to reach out, just like a, a tree digs deep into the ground, in the, in the, into the soil, and then they reach out and they spread forth. And uh, most people today are looking at things based on performance and conditions, You know, to bring happiness and success. There are many religious groups that are tied to these things as well. Basically, here's what I mean. If you perform a certain way, if your conditions don't change, then you'll have success. But that's not how God views success. The world says if you perform, you'll be successful. If your conditions don't change, you'll be successful. But God has said, I've already performed for you, and my conditions never change. And I want you to understand, kind of by way of introduction this morning, any identity that rests on external conditions will ultimately oppress you. Because these conditions will change. External identity always leads to breakdown and disappointment. But I'm so thankful that we have a God that we serve that doesn't base our performance on our performance. He doesn't base anything on the fact that we have to perform for him or our conditions because, again, Jesus Christ never changes. And a few weeks ago, we started this series and we looked at uh, the who that you were created to be. And today we're going to dive a little bit deeper in Isaiah chapter 54, and we're going to look at the who that completes you. There is a who that completes you in your life. Let's stay in, if you would, Isaiah chapter 54. Just going to read the first two verses this morning. Isaiah chapter 54, verse number 1. The Bible says, Sing, O barren, that thou didst not bear. Break forth into singing, and cry aloud, that thou didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, and strengthen thy stakes. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for this day. And God, I pray that you'd help, help me this morning as I preach and proclaim your word. God, I pray that you'd help me to preach and proclaim the truth that you'd have me to preach this morning. And Lord, I'm so thankful for those that are here this morning. Lord, we, we do pray for the ones that have been sick and struggling in our church here the past several weeks. And God, I pray that you'd even be with my own family and get over this sickness, Lord. And pray that you just give me the clarity of mind and thought that I need to preach this morning. Lord, we love you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. I want to jump right into this message this morning. I'm, I'm excited about this message, excited about this series, really probably more than most any other series that I've done. But the Bible says in verse number one, Sing, O barren, 
that thou didst not bear. Now, when you look at this verse, as you look at many verses in the scripture from the surface, they don't seem to make sense. How many have ever read the Bible and you're like, I have no clue what that's talking about? Has it ever been you? Now, that's me a lot of times. I look at the Bible and I look at a verse and I'm like, I have no clue what that's talking about because on the surface, it doesn't seem to make any sense. And this is one of those verses that on the surface doesn't seem to make sense, but we need to understand that sometimes the scripture is given to us literally. Understanding literally what this verse is talking about, sometimes it's figuratively. And this is one of those metaphor verses that's giving us a metaphor, trying to portray a picture, kind of a paradox, understanding that it's, it's far deeper than the initial meaning. So it says, sing, O barren, that thou didst not bear. Basically, someone that cannot have kids, it's okay, you can rejoice still, even though you don't have kids. And then, as it says, cry aloud, that thou didst not travail with child, for more are the children of the desolate. And again, this is where it makes no sense to me. More are the children of the desolate, more are the children of those that can't have kids than those that can have kids. Does that make sense? No, it doesn't really make sense when you look at it on the surface, but we're going to dive a little bit deeper into it this morning and understand a little bit. But the first thing I want to look at is this, the restructuring of your hearts, the restructuring of your heart. You see, in this current day, when Isaiah was writing this passage of scripture, uh, their identity was wrapped in being approved by those around them. And really, when you think about it, our identity today in America in our 21st century is wrapped in being approved by those around us, is it not? It's so, it's so hard to not seek approval of men or women. And when you study this out specifically, as women in this day, in this culture, historically, your whole value, your whole identity, your whole meaning for life was wrapped in having children. So if you had children, you were valued. If you didn't have children, you were valueless. You were meaningless. You were worthless. The more you had, the more valuable you were. The more you had, the more significant you felt. The better cared for you were because uh, you had people to take care of you. You had warriors in your family and, and caregivers and laborers and protectors. Children in this culture were the epitome of identity and success. You know, today in our society, children are important. The Bible says, low children are inheritance of the Lord. But our culture specifically doesn't necessarily tie children to having success in your life. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But in this current culture, if you had kids, you were successful. If you didn't have kids, you were unsuccessful. In a sense, you were meaningless. So we have to ask ourselves this question, how can I apply this passage to my life? We have to take this metaphor of of children and the barren woman and apply it to whatever culture thrust in our face says that we must have this in order to be successful. So we have to look at that. And again, I, I can give a, a myriad of answers, a myriad of, of, of definitions of, of what our culture says that we must have to be successful. And really, sometimes our culture says, if you have this, you're successful. If you don't have this, you're unsuccessful. If you have this, you're fruitful. You're going to thrive in your life. If you don't have this, you're not going to thrive. You're not going to flourish. You're not going to do anything. A barren woman was regarded as meaningless and valueless. She'd rather die if she couldn't have kids. And as we see in verse number one, it says, Sing, O barren. How can you sing when your whole identity was rested in the fact that 
I have to have kids to be successful. How can I sing? How can I rejoice? How can I thrive? How can I flourish in my life if I have no kids? Doesn't make sense. But I want you to understand this. A barren woman didn't have any reason to sing in this culture. She didn't have a reason to celebrate. She had a reason to be depressed and discouraged. Because everything hinged on being able to have children. Her entire identity was based on this. So again, today, fill in the blank of what our culture says. You must have blank to have fulfillment. Maybe it's power. Maybe it's prestige. Maybe it's looks. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's possessions. Maybe it's career. Maybe it's success by the world's secular definition. And when you think about it, When you think about what we must have in order to find success, we discover something. And really, verse 1 is really just kind of an introduction to this whole message. But when we we think about what we must have to be successful, we realize that it's very oppressive, isn't it? Because the world is saying, you have to have this to be successful. And you're like, man, but what if I don't have that? How, How can I be successful if I don't have what the world is telling me to have? How can a barren woman in Isaiah and uh, you know, many, many thousands of years ago, how can they be successful? How can they sing? How can they rejoice when their entire identity is wrapped up in having kids and then they can't have kids? You, you can't. It doesn't make sense. And we can even think, man, that's very oppressive to treat women that way in that culture. But we do the same thing today. You know, maybe it's not so much about having children. Maybe it's about our weight. Maybe it's about our looks. Maybe it's about whatever culture puts in front of you. It says, this is how you have to be. If you don't have this, then you don't fit in. So again, I I could fill in the blanks for you, but I think all of us have an imagination and all of us have lived in this society, this culture long enough to where we can fill in the blank of what our society says we have to have to be successful. The question is this morning is this. What do we tie our identity to? Is our identity tied into what the world says brings success? Or is our identity tied into what God says brings success? You see, this is kind of a crushing experience. Some of us might have even grown up hearing how bad we were. Anybody ever grown up hearing how bad you were? I'm not trying to be mean, but maybe how stupid you are. How unloving you are how ugly you are. And really, when you think about it, I know it's kind of a great introduction, isn't it? (laughs) But when you think about it, it's just another individual fighting for their own identity at your expense, isn't it? It's someone else trying to have an identity in the world, so they're okay if they crush you. If I crush you in the process of making sure I'm taken care of, so be it. Isn't that our society today? I'm going to crush you. I'm going to do things that are oppressive to you to make sure that my identity in this world is fixed. It's like that old adage, hurting people hurt people, right? And this is true unless you allow God to heal you. You see, this is where the gospel is so big this morning. It's more than just a free ticket out of hell. It's more than, oh, thanks, Jesus. I'm just going to put you in my pocket as my lucky rabbit's foot or my genie at my disposal. Jesus isn't just an add-on. I want you to understand that. 
He's the sum total to what gives you hope and stability and meaning and significance in your life. And our world doesn't understand that. Because Jesus is just an add-on. If I have time for Jesus, I'll go to church. If I have time for Jesus, I'll read my Bible. I'll do what I'm supposed to do. But he's just an add-on. I'm here to tell you, church, he's not just an add-on. He's the sum total of your entire existence, of your entire identity. And that's what Isaiah is trying to get forth in this metaphor here in the very first verse of Isaiah chapter 54. You see, anything less than Jesus Christ is breakable and oppressive and will crush you and will lead you to crush others. And we've had many individuals, even within this church probably, that have based their identity on the world structure, on the world standards, and they've crushed others in the process trying to get to where they need to be. Well, how has that worked for you? Pretty good, right? No, not good at all. It doesn't work good for you. It doesn't work good when you crush others in the process. You feel good about yourself, but at the end of the day, you're not truly flourishing. You're not truly thriving. In the world standards, you are, but according to God, and that's what we have to base our identity on as a Christian, as a child of God, as a believer. Again, we live in a society that's concerned for number one. But Jesus doesn't just come to help you do what you want to do in your life. He comes to bring you more. He comes to give you more. He's more than just someone to forgive you of your sins. He brings healing to your heart. Has Jesus ever healed your heart? He's healed mine. My heart has been broken countless times. And according to the world, I have to do this or I have to put this in my body to feel like I can wash away the pain. Well, how does that work for you? Not very good, has it? That's washed it away temporarily. But only Jesus Christ can fully remove it. Can he not? Because he does more than forgive your sins, he has the opportunity to heal your broken heart. And I was thinking about that this week. I can't expect anything to be fixed unless I give up control to the only one that can fix it. I don't know a lot about fixing cars, but I can't expect to fix my car if it's broken if I don't know how to fix it. (laughs) But if I take it to someone that knows how to fix it, I expect it to be fixed. If we take our lives to Jesus Christ, you know what's going to happen? He's going to fix our brokenness. He's going to fix our pain. He's going to heal that which needs to be healed. You see, Jesus keeps external structures from crushing you. And that's what this passage is all about. To the barren woman, as it says in verse number one, you can still sing. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter if you don't have success, if you don't have happiness. It doesn't matter if you don't have money, if you don't have possessions. Doesn't matter if you don't have looks. Doesn't matter if your weight is in a certain way. It doesn't matter. You can still rejoice. Because your identity should not be tied into what the world says. Your identity should be tied into what Jesus Christ says. What God's word says. So to the barren, to the childless, again, this is a metaphor. You can still sing. You can still rejoice. You can thrive. Why? Because in God's eyes, your circumstances, your performance don't matter. Did you get that? I said earlier at the very beginning of this message, our world is basing things on circumstances and performance. If you perform, this happens. 
If your circumstances don't change, this happens, but God doesn't worry about that. You don't have to perform. I've said it before. You can base all the religions into two categories, do versus done. What you have to do to earn salvation, to get your way into heaven, or you can base it upon Jesus Christ and upon His Word, what He's already done for you. I'd rather base my salvation on something that someone has already done instead of me trying to do enough good works, to perform enough, to have enough right conditions to change things. Here's the truth this morning, really kind of by way of introduction. Even though the world has cast you off, you're still valuable to God. Even though the world says, hey, you're barren, you're useless, you're valueless, I'm here to say that God says you're not. (laughs) You're of great value to me. You're worth everything because I sent my son, my only son, to live, to die, to live again for you. To bring you healing. The first thing we see this morning is there needs to be a restructuring of our heart. A restructuring of our heart. Not tying ourselves into the world's standards. Into what the world tells us to do. But then we move on to verse number two. Not only must we restructure our heart, second thing we must do is this. Enlarge our capacity for more. Look at verse number two. The Bible says, Enlarge the place of thy tents. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. God has a desire and purpose for your life that is far greater than anything you can imagine. He has a purpose that is bigger than your purpose. But in order for this to take place, you must enlarge your capacity for God. You must enlarge your capacity to do more for Him. The purpose that God created us was to know Him, to make Him known as we've talked about the past few weeks. But I'm here to tell you that God wants to expand your influence for His purpose. The measure of your life is not what you consume but what you allow God to birth through you. Here's a powerful principle in life. We live to give. It's a principle that's woven into the fabric of creation. Salmon spend their last days of their life battling upstream to spawn because they have an intuitive sense that they exist for a purpose of birthing new life. God designed us to thrive in our Christian life. Again, as I said earlier, I love this series and I'm excited about this series and the future of this series because it's intended to stretch us beyond what we know, beyond where we are, beyond who we are, and to who God wants us to be. God has a desire for your life. God wants to make you more. He wants to make you into the person that He wants you to be, not what the culture wants you to be. Remember, He designed the Christian life for our benefit. He's given us a map and he's enabled us to live and flourish in this Babylon that we're living in today. He's given us the blueprints, the blueprints to simply go from surviving to thriving. And as the Bible says, flourishing. But I think too many are missing out on understanding what it truly means to thrive and to truly understand the who that completes you. Who is the who that completes me? There was a man that told his doctor that he wasn't able to do all the things around the house that he used to do. When the examination was complete, he said, Now, Doc, I can take it. Tell me in plain English, what is wrong with me? And the doctor said, Well, in plain English, 
You're just lazy. <laughs> he thought about it for a minute. And he said, okay, doc. Now give me a medical term so I can tell my wife. I think that's how we live sometimes, right? Some of us are just lazy when it comes to God. Some of us don't want to stretch ourselves because stretching ourselves hurt. We're okay with being the who that culture says we're supposed to be instead of being the who that God wants us to be. Because being the who that God wants us to be is going to have to get us out of our comfort zones. And there's many here today that are testimony to the fact that God has stretched us the past year, the past couple years, and gotten us out of our comfort zones. And some of us are still in our comfort zones. But God has a purpose for your life. Amen. And I'm here to tell you that you may have been fruitless in the past, but you can still rejoice. You may have failed as a Christian so many times before, and whose hand shouldn't go up right there, right? We've all failed, but you can still rejoice. You may have been seriously discouraged. You may have lost hope, but you can still rejoice. You may be truly barren, but you can still rejoice. You may be looked at as an outcast, useless, good for nothing. But I'm here to tell you, you can still rejoice. You can burst into song. You can rejoice because you are about to be stretched. You're about to be the person that God wants you to be. Barrenness is a condition of unfruitfulness. It's a condition of powerlessness to produce or bear regardless of how much desire or effort is put in. Those that are barren, uh, specifically those that can't have ch children, they've done everything they can in their power. And you know what happens? A lot of times in their power, they can't do anything. But in God's power, you can do a lot of things. Can you not? Maybe you're experiencing trouble in your life, achieving, bearing good results, being happy, being fruitful in this area of life. I want to encourage you to sing for joy, to burst into shouts of joy because you can make it. Galatians 4.27, the Bible says, For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Again, it makes no sense. Rejoice, O barren, if you don't bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor, for the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. It doesn't make sense, but here's the thing. God isn't finished with you. That's right. God is not finished with your life. He's got a reason for your existence. Even though the culture says, you're useless, you're a scrap, let's just throw you away, let's throw you out, and God says, no, 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 no. you're made for more. There's a lot more that you were made for that I want to do in your life and I want you to discover. Here's the key. We can't hold back for God. Maybe you've tried and failed in the past. That's okay. It's time to get back up and stretch yourself again. But I don't like to stretch. I don't know if anyone likes to stretch. <laughs> But if you don't like to stretch, and if you don't want to stretch out for God, as what verse 2 is talking about, and I'll give an application here in just a minute to tie it all together, then you'll never discover the who that completes you. There are many glorious results that are waiting for you when you stretch out for God. The problem with many churches and many Christians is they have countless members who are willing to go beyond what is comfortable. It's sad when someone basically admits 
that they are not growing, but they're okay with not growing because I'm not going to stretch. I know I'm not growing, and I know I'm in a church that's not producing anything, but I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to stay where I am. Why? Why would you stay where you are instead of trying to do something that God wants you to do? Instead of becoming who God wants you to be, because I don't want to be stretched. Because stretching is, is, is uneasy, and stretching is painful, and stretching, I don't know how much I'm going to stretch before I, I, I might break. The Bible says in Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's our natural tendency to resist being stretched. How many are honest today? How many feel like since you've been here at Eagle Drive Baptist Church at any point in time, how many feel like you've been stretched? It's a lot of hands, isn't it? How many, be honest, how many have not liked some of it? being stretched. Yes, my hand is up too. And you're probably laughing at that. But the natural tendency is to resist being stretched. I got some good news for y'all. There's a lot more stretching to be done though. Get this down. If you do what you've always done, then you'll get what you've always gotten. If you do what you've always done, then you'll get what you've always gotten. For some, that means spiritual barrenness. We didn't mean to, but we become spiritually soft. When we fall into these routines, our lives no longer bear the same kind of fruitfulness for God's purpose. But if you want to thrive in your Christian life, then you must be willing to stretch yourself. You must be willing to expand your borders. That's what it's talking about in verse number two. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes. You must be willing to enlarge your capacity for more. You must be willing to do things that you didn't think were humanly possible. Let me try to illustrate it this morning. It's not it. That's it. Anybody know what this is? It's a balloon. Man, you guys are smart. Anybody know what this is? Specifically. Bottle. There we go. We got it. All right. Very good. My Vanna White impression right there. We have a bottle of water and we have a balloon. Which is bigger? The bottle of water. It's bigger. But which can hold more? The balloon. Why? Because it has the ability to be stretched. You see, so many of us in our lives are like this bottle of water. Well, I, I'm big enough, but there's only so much water that can go in there, right? But this balloon, I know, you stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, eventually it's going to pop. But it has the ability to hold more. Why? Because it's, it's expandable. It's stretchy. You see, that's what God wants of His children. He wants us to stretch ourselves beyond ways that we never thought was humanly possible. Again, as I said, stretching has the tendency to cause pain. But get this down. What if the who that you're supposed to be, the who that completes you, is the who that is supposed to be stretched? When you stretch, you're working a certain set of muscles. And it's going to require some pain. But it's about expanding your influence by expanding your capacity and stretching your commitment. It's just like muscles. You go to the gym to work out. You know how to make a muscle stronger? You've got to tear down some of the cells by overcommitting the muscle. 
by stretching it out, and it's uncomfortable. But in order to get the results that you need, you have to be willing to stretch yourself. We've been talking about the who that completes you, but I think a more fitting title of this message is this, Elastic Christianity. You see, I think that's what God wants of his children, is to be elastic Christians, to be willing to stretch ourselves beyond what we think is humanly possible. Because God wants to put a whole lot more into you than the world can put into you. It's like a rubber band. Our personalities, our talents, our gifts are different by the blueprints of God. We'll never realize our greatest potential unless we are stretched. And that's why in verse 2, Isaiah is saying, enlarge the place of thy tent. And stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords. Strengthen thy stakes. Many Christians, many churches have become too narrow-minded. Maybe the reason that we don't grow in our faith, we don't grow in our churches because we're unwilling to stretch ourselves to do more. And I know many of you said, well, I've stretched and I've been stretched since I've been here. But there might be some today like, you know what? My stretching is over. Well, that means you're never going to truly understand what it means to thrive in your Christian life. But I don't like to be stretched, Pastor. I don't like to change, okay? I don't like to change either. But God didn't put you on this earth to be the same. He put you on this earth to be more like Him. In order to be more like Him, we have to be willing to stretch ourselves. We have to be willing to expand what we know, what is comfortable to us. People are more comfortable with staying as they are, even if as they are is unproductive and lifeless. You know, if I had the opportunity to change and be better, why wouldn't I take it? But every single one in this room has the opportunity every week when you come in here and you hear the preaching and teaching of God's word to be better. But how many of you take it? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just going to stay where I am, Pastor. I'm content with where I am. I'm going to base my identity on the world's standards instead of on God's standards. Okay. Tell me how that works out for you. Please, tell me how that works out for you. But I have a lot of money. I have a lot of possessions. Tell me how that works out for you. Because one day you're going to stand and give an account to Jesus Christ. Not based on all the stuff you've gained in this earth, but all the stuff you've done for Christ. Look, I'm here to tell you, if you want more, you must do more. You must pray more. You must believe more. You must think higher, see further, reach further, enlarge, stretch yourself. If you don't, then you'll remain the same. And I know we've seen a lot of growth in our church over the past year. And again, this message is a, is a challenge for what's to come in the next couple weeks. But if you want to grow in your Christian life, you have to be willing to expand, to stretch. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, 6, stir up the gift of God which is in thee. We have to be willing to enlarge the place of our tent. Enlarge our vision, enlarge our faith, enlarge our giving, enlarge our thinking. I don't want to give more. Okay, then you're never going to truly thrive in your Christian life. 
I don't want to do more. Then you're never going to thrive in your Christian life. I'm only going to come when I want to come. Then you're only going to do what you want to do and not what God wants you to do. God hasn't created us for smallness and mediocrity. God hasn't created us for ineffectiveness. And I know maybe I'm sounding like I'm just going off on everyone today. I'm not. I'm trying to encourage you because I'm going off more on myself. Because there's been times where I've stretched myself and I'm like, you know what? That's enough. I'm done stretching. You know what I'm doing? I'm putting limits on God. God, this is all I'm going to do. Well, I'm, I, I didn't know that I was the creator of everything. But that's how I act sometimes and that's how you act. I'm in charge of my universe. You're in charge of nothing. This universe that you live has been given to you by God for His purpose. To make Him known. To glorify Him. We're going to talk more about that principle next week and I'm excited about that. But if we want to receive more, then we must stretch out and enlarge our borders. And as we've talked about the past many weeks and months, we must be connected and growing and serving and sharing. Get this down. This is about being obedient to God. This is about being a blessing. This is about being willing to take risk for God. Are you willing to take risk for God? Well, I'll take the risk as long as I know what's going to happen. No, no, no. It's not what I'm asking. Are you willing to stretch yourself out, not knowing where it's going to go, but trusting that God is going to provide for you, give for you what you need? Enlarging your capacity for more is not a one-time event, church. It's a lifelong process. And what I'm challenging you to do today in the future as we continue on this year is to put your life in a position where God can do more and better things in you. I'm challenging you to live larger. I'm not content with where we are. Maybe you are. Man, we've, we've grown a lot, Pastor. We've got a full parking lot. We've got a full building. That's great. Who cares? It's not about building another building, and Lord willing, we'll have to do that someday. It's about enlarging our capacity for more for God. It's about stretching out. It's about reaching out into not just in Decatur and Wise County in Texas, but all over the world because God wants us to have an influence all over creation because we were made for more than ourselves. We were made for Him. Stretching is painful. It's not fun. But it's what God called us to do. And if you want to truly thrive in your Christian life, if you want to discover the who that completes you, then it's time that you become an elastic Christian. Verse 1, it talks about the barren can sing and, and rejoice. Why? Because your identity is not tied into what the world says, this is what you need. Your identity is tied to Jesus Christ. And as long as you put your life and your hands in His control, you can sing. You can rejoice no matter what the world says is going on. And then as he continues on, enlarge the place of thy tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. So many of us in a sense have, have put our tents up and our tents have the ability to stretch out. Our tents have the ability to add more. But know what? I'm going to put my tent right here and this space right here where this rug is at. This is all, this is all I'm going to go for God. But maybe God wants us to go over here. Maybe God wants us to stretch out. Maybe God wants us to do more in our life. He wants to grow us more, but nope, I'm not willing to do that. Then you're unwilling to truly do what it means to thrive in your Christian life. 
God wants you to thrive. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to understand that there is a who that completes you. And as I've said every week, in the who that completes you, in the who that we were created to be, first and foremost, we were all created for Him, for His purpose, for His honor, for His glory, and not for ourselves. And again, that's why I'm so excited about this series and the future messages that we have coming in the next several weeks and months. Because God has a plan for your life far greater than your plan. And I don't care if you've grown a lot over the past 30 years. That's great. There's still more growing for you to do. I don't care if you've stretched out over the past year. There's still a lot more stretching out to be done. God wants to fit a lot more in your balloon than you think is, is, is able to fit. But you have to be willing to stretch. Or are we, you know what? I don't want to be a balloon. I don't want to be an elastic Christian. I'll, I'll just be a bottle. It's only so much and that's it. Eventually it's just going to overflow. And we're going to miss out. We're going to miss out on the blessings that God has for us because we're unwilling to stretch ourselves. We're unwilling to do more. But pastor, my situation is, is dire. I mean, I, I don't have much money. How, how, how can I expect to give more? How can you expect me to give more to God? I can't even take care of my bills. Well, maybe it's because you're unwilling to stretch yourself right now and actually trust God. That he is actually going to provide for you. Because I promise if you stretch yourself, he'll provide for you. He's promised to do that. Enlarge the place of thy tents. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not. Lengthen thy cords. Sometimes you've got to lengthen those cords, right? Stretch them out a little bit more. Get more slack on them. Strengthen thy stakes. I know a different type of message this morning, but if you want to thrive in your Christian life, then you have to be willing to be obedient to what God wants you to do. You have to be willing to be a blessing to other people, to realize that you were not just created for your own self and your own honor, your own glory. You were created for others. And you must be willing to take risk. Are you going to base your identity on the world? But I don't have children. I don't, I, I'm barren. I'm fruitless in this life. I can't sing. I, I, just, I, I can just be depressed. Or you can put your identity structure in Jesus Christ and realize He's going to give you far more than what the world can offer. And again, this picture, it's a paradox. It's a, even in Galatians chapter 4, it's talking about the, the Jewish church stretching out and the Gentile nations coming together. And, and in a sense, more are going to be added than we're even thought possible. You see, God wants to do more in our lives than we thought possible, but we have to trust Him. We have to obey Him. We have to give our lives to Him. I want to encourage you this morning to be an elastic Christian. To be willing to stretch out. Maybe some of you today are here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Maybe that's the first stretch you need to make. Say, God, I'm not saved. I need to be saved. I need to trust you as my Savior. Maybe some of you have been saved. You need to talk about the next steps of what it means to join the church and become connected to the body of Christ as we even talked about last week. Maybe that's stretching. Or maybe you've been connected over the past several months and maybe you haven't really grown. You've grown a little bit, but then you've fallen back. And I'm sure there's many people like that in here today. Because even though we've, we've given every opportunity to grow, some people are gonna, only going to grow as much as they want to grow. Maybe it's time for you to say, you know what? I realize that this life is not meant to be lived the way that I want to live it. It's meant to be lived the way that God wants me to live it. And one day, I'm going to stand and give an account 
to God, the creator, for everything I've done, for everything I've said, for all of my actions. So maybe I should start living my life for him now, pleasing him now instead of disappointing him. Maybe you've gotten connected, you've grown, maybe it's time to serve. Do more than just in the church. Serve others. Serve your family. Serve the community. Maybe it's time to share what God has given you in your life. Are you ready to be an elastic Christian? I'm ready for this church to be full of elastic Christians that are willing and ready to stretch themselves. Well, God has given me a vision for this church and and I kind of have a direction of where I believe God wants to take us. But to be honest, I don't know where God fully wants to take us, but I'm willing to allow him to stretch us. To allow him to do more than I even thought was possible. I mean, look around, I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. We've got a full building. I don't care about that. I think it's just, it hasn't even begun. But we have to be willing to stretch ourselves. We have to be willing to to do more, to understand that we were made for more. What kind of Christian are you today? Are you a water bottle Christian or are you an elastic Christian? My desire is that you become an elastic Christian. If you're not saved, my desire is that you get saved and you trust Christ as your Savior. But if you are, my desire is for you to stretch out.